Welcome back to the second half of the Leo Roundtable show. So this officer in a Solano County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant, this is all in California, also fired on Raymond Reel during an earlier vehicle pursuit in a stolen car, but he missed. So now we've got helicopter uh, footage. So they're overhead. Uh, I think it's really cool video, David. I mean, we, we talk about some of this um, infrared um, technology and, you know, just seeing the shots being fired through the lens of the infrared, it was pretty wild. So, um, We've got uh, when real, who is our bad guy, abandons the car. Remember, we're talking about, you know, like, a, you know, a stolen vehicle pursuit. Um, so he goes through an alfalfa field and he's uh, shot by the officer, Vincent Santoni. So the body camera in the infrared video shows Officer Santoni. He's running after real through the field. And as Officer Santoni runs, he's yelling out on the on the mic. He's saying, uh, hey, he keeps reaching into his waistband. And uh, when Officer Real falls, um, I'm sorry, when they when the bad guy named Real falls, Officer Santoni fires six times, wounding him twice, but they didn't find a weapon. So, but remember, they said that he was justified. Uh, but you can clearly hear, um, you know, the uh, radio transmissions through, um, you know, the air unit, you know, and then the video I thought was just spectacular. And then they had, you know, some body cam to follow it up at the very end. Um, comments on this, guys? Want to know what you guys think? But, of course, the infrared, so cool, John. What do you think? All right, yeah, so the, the, the high tech was neat. Yeah, I just didn't like the shooting. Well, we don't – well, I, I, we did actually have a body cam of what the cops saw, but we did we did hear him say, look, he's reaching, he's reaching. Um, but I yeah, – I but, didn't, Look, I reconcile what he said to what I saw in that little white guy running across the field, and I didn't see it. In fact, he asked Air Service to confirm, and Air Service doesn't confirm. I just, you're asking me, he, he was facing away from him at the time of the shooting. I didn't see him, you know, go for a weapon. I don't know how it turned out for the guy. Yes, the technology chip was wonderful. And the body <laughs> cam was oh so special. And then we're going to throw in the fact that it was an alfalfa, you know, field. Next, will unicorns and rainbows. I just didn't <laughs> like the shooting. All right. Thanks, Chief. All right, David, break it down. Yeah, not, listen, I, I kind of agree with John on this one. I, I it was... I got the kudos to the cops. I love cops. I was a cop, all that kind of stuff. You know, you know how this goes. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, cops can do no wrong. So tough crap. But the the bottom line here is it, it I, I got the I got the shenanigans feeling as I'm listening to this guy on the radio say, he's reaching, he's reaching, he's reaching as he's chasing him across his field. And then they get into a, 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 then he shoots his, or he shoots at the guy six times and hits him twice as he's uh, laying in the weeds. Um, and then asks the air support, did you see it? Did, did you see him reach? His? And I was just kind of going, oh man, that, that just, ugh, it just gave me the, it, it, it was the shenanigans feel. I, I was just, I don't know about that one. I, I, I want to know, the other thing that I wanted to know that they didn't talk about was what happened to the guy that shot at the moving, as, shot at the car as it was going past him around the, the corner prior. They cleared the one guy in the field, but we never heard about the guy that shot at the car first back a little ways. So, true. Uh, you know, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad nobody, it, it didn't go really bad. I, I was, eesh, uh, mm, mm, I don't want to be there. I didn't see anything, I swear. I wasn't there. Well, you know, in, in my mind, look, I'm not saying this justifies bad shoot, um, contrary, but in my mind, I always, my first question, whenever there's a use of force is, is was there compliance by the bad guy? And that sets the tone for everything else that happened. So you've got, 
a guy, I can't remember if the car ended up being stolen or not. Um, I, I suspect it probably was a stolen vehicle. And of course, the guy's fleeing in the vehicle, fleeing on foot. Um, so if you don't run and you comply with the police, even if it's a mistake on the cop's part and they're at fault, it's just simply not going to happen if you comply. So um, that said, if there's if there anybody else on this, if not, we'll move on to our next one here then. And um, let's see what we got. I've got a uh, main topic here. It's on Police One. Um, and it's uh, by our uh, Val Van Brocklin. Do Brady and Giglio Trump officers due process rights? Uh, I think that, Ward, I think that you were um, interested in this one. And it talks about the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, their decisions, Brady and Giglio, established that due process required prosecutors to disclose defendants um, to defendants any exculpatory evidence. And it says that this evidence includes material that could be used to impeach a prosecution witness like dishonesty or any other evidence bearing on witness credibility. And it, it kind of reminds me on that. Uh, we did a, a, an update article a, a few minutes ago about what was it? Uh, the agency was, what was it? San Francisco that, that is not working the DA's office anymore because they did not do this. So in response to many prosecutors offices, established uh, Brady and Giglio list of officers whose credibility has been drawn in the question uh, nationwide. There are no standards for what conduct can land an officer on such a list, whether the conduct must be uh, substantiated, whether the officer is actually notified, whether they're um, entitled to any kind of a hearing or appeal. And, um, and I've experienced some of this as well, which uh, Brett's not on the show. He's on YouTube um, talking to our, our guests but he could verify that. So being a Brady uh, Giglio listed can end careers and ruin reputation. So in addition to placing an officer on such a list, prosecutors can tell departments not to send them any cases in which an officer, uh, officers are witnesses. So if an officer cannot testify, they cannot perform a critical function of their job and they can be terminated. It says that being listed can negatively impact future employment, obviously. And our author says that uh, previously uh, they've written about officers' claims that their departments and prosecutors' offices have weaponized Brady Giglio to terminate them uh, for political, uh, personal grudge and whistleblower retaliation reasons without any of that of their procedural protections from the department's official disciplinary process. It, it goes on to talk about some other stuff. Um, some lists and stuff like that, um, that I, I don't want to get into. I'm kind of hoping to hear from Ward on this, but I know that when I, uh, work for Tampa, I went through a, a whistle, I went through a whistleblower, I went through a, uh, internal affairs investigation and a criminal investigation. And it lasted, uh, one year and seven months and it was a long haul and they actually kept it open, uh, long. And the, and the reason why is because they didn't want, they wanted everything to be kept silent. They didn't want me to be able to talk about anything. As long as you have an open IA investigation, you're going to end a misdemeanor if you talk about it. So it was finally a uh, judge forced them to, uh, to end it. Uh, but I was put on, on a, uh, on a list by the state attorney's office, uh, where they questioned the truthfulness of my testimony. And I wasn't for the rest of my career, pretty much, I wasn't able to uh, make arrests and go to court and prosecute people, which really sucked because when all this stuff went down, I had 18 years on and I spent 30 years with Tampa PD. So it, it kind of made me have to get very creative on where I could work with the police department if I wasn't going to be arresting bad guys and, and going to court and prosecuting them. So, uh, but Ward, why don't you start us off on this? We got a, a little over four minutes. I'm having some serious technical problems. I only hear about half of what's being said. I heard John mention my name in the last article. If I'm supposed to respond, I'm sorry. I just don't know what he said. I did have something to say about the San Francisco thing, but I guess that's over and done with. This article confused me. I, I'm a big fan of Ms. Van Brocklin, but I don't know what due process rights of officers she's talking about. 
And to the extent that due process, uh, there are due process rights for officers, they will never, ever trump the rights of a criminal defendant whose liberty is at stake to Brady information. I, I think there's two separate issues. One is disclosing Brady, and you give it to the prosecutor, and he decides whether, whether it constitutes Brady, whether it's material. Uh, if there's an issue, he can go to the judge with it. A different issue is the Brady list, something I've never heard of before. And to the extent there is a Brady list, I think there should be some due process rights for the officer. Uh, I, I think you should be entitled to a hearing uh, to determine whether you should be on the list if the list is used for employment purposes. If the list is just for administrative purposes to put the prosecutor on notice of who he needs to talk to, that's one thing. But if they're using it as a weapon, that's an entirely different thing. Thanks, Ward. Guys, um, Randy, go ahead. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the the Brady list be used uh, uh, weaponized against law enforcement officers in a retaliatory way. Uh, there have been a number of officers who have been not even aware that they've been placed on this list by prosecutors who are using it as as a political tool. This is a very dangerous situation because you're playing with the not just the reputation of a police officer, but their very livelihood. Um, the, the restrictions that, that they basically they don't exist. There's no there's no rules for them. So it's it's however they're interpreted by the district attorney. And the district attorney can utilize that to destroy the careers, uh, and it can also by vindictive uh, police administrators. It can be used. They can place people on the list too without any without any um, uh, type of hearing. So there's a lot at stake here, and it's not as, as clear as it should be. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, we got uh, Tom Hevel on here saying that someone's a Queen fan. Yes, I apologize. My phone was not turned off. Like, <laughs> uh, My bad. Um, I see David. I see your face, David. Anybody else on this uh, on this last topic? Dave, just mad because that's the ringtone you have for him. Not, well, you know. I, I I don't even want to tell you what I have for uh, for Ron McMullen, but uh, yeah, he may be watching the show. I'll tell you in private. So, all right, moving along here. Then let's see. I've got another update. PoliceTribune.com investigation determines Broward Sheriff lied on multiple police applications, but he will not be penalized. So a FDLE, Florida Department of Law Enforcement Investigation, determined that Broward Sheriff Gregory Tony he lied multiple times on his applications to police departments, including when he was appointed the sheriff in Broward County, but uh, it is unlikely that he'll suffer any consequences. Uh, the FDLE investigators determined that Sheriff Tony lied multiple times on applications, uh, an application, I guess, to the Coral Springs Police Department back in 2005, according to the WPLG. He also lied in affidavit to become Broward County Sheriff, and that, of course, is after you know Scott Israel uh, lost his job and most recently committed the felony of false affidavit perjury when he lied in the form to obtain a replacement driver's license, according to um, the FDLE, or it says a state investigative bureau. I'm assuming it's the FDLE. But Sheriff uh, Tony will not be charged with any crimes for his lies because of the statute of limitations in Florida. They've expired on most of the crimes, according to the Florida uh, Sun Sentinel. And here's a quote from Agent Keith Riddick with the FDLE. Guys, we got a commercial break. I'll finish this in just one second. All right, 
And look, let's talk about how best to watch our show. So our, look, our live show is every Monday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, we've kind of switched it up a little bit now. So, uh, yes, we're on uh, StreamYard. And from there, we send the stream out to YouTube. We're on actually two Facebook uh, channels. We're on uh, my Chip the Blocks, you know, main Facebook page. And we're also on the Leo Roundtable Facebook page. We're also on uh, LinkedIn, which would be my personal LinkedIn. And hope to get on the uh, Leo Roundtable LinkedIn page soon. But we can only be streaming on one of those, I found out. And also, we're on the Leo Roundtable Twitter uh, Twitter page. So um, I didn't even know that was possible. So we're doing that through StreamYard. And uh, we also take this 90-minute live show. Producer Will splits up the five segments, uploads those to YouTube. I put them on Rumble Tuesday through Saturday. He embeds all the videos that we're talking about. So it makes for a great way to watch the show. And he also put pictures of the good guys, the bad guys. We're also on free press at TampaFP.com and Brian Burns. So please check out all those resources. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So, yes, I was getting ready to give you a quote from FDLE agent Keith Riddick, and he says, quote, although it appears that Tony, the sheriff, knowingly and willfully misled public servants in the performance of their official duties by making false statements in writing on his official applications uh, regarding his traffic citation, drug use, and arrest history, a criminal prosecution of these actions would be negated. So that's what we have. Um, curious about comments, guys, on this. Anybody? Should he be charged, uh, Chief John? So this is so political down there. Tony ran, Tony was appointed on, by Scott after they had they they told Israel to step down because of Parkland, right? Then Israel fights to get reinstated. It goes to it's in the legislature and they vote right on party lines not to reinstate him. And then there's an election and the election got very dirty. Tony apparently when he was 13 or 14 year old killed an 18 year old up in Jersey or Philly. Uh, where he was from with his father's gun. And it's my understanding he was acquitted of it. And then there were some people saying, well, he did drugs before and some driver's license uh, mishaps that are regulatory, things that you're supposed to put on your application. So he's been a cop for a long time. So obviously the, um, the uh, you know, the, the, the period from, the, you know, what is it? The, how long you can file, just the thing escaped me. Uh, so, but it's dirty down there, guys. I mean, this is all coming from, you know, political parties fighting about who's going to be in charge. So now Governor DeSantis is going to have to step in and find out if he's going to levy any type of uh, sanctions or remove up to including removal for him down there. But every bit of this started when there was some repercussion coming to the previous sheriff about the shootings in Parkland. And when I go down there to, you know, listen and sit in on the commission hearings from, you know, and I'm there just because of the work, um, you can, it's palatable. There's a lot of tension down there with the reigning power brokers. And this is a result of some of that. Wow. All right. Good information to have. You know, I, I wonder if, uh, Ward, I wonder if his, wait, 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 wait. By, by the way, by, by the way, this guy, Tony, he's the real deal. Guy likes getting his hands dirty. He's in the mix. People that I talk to him, like, I like him as a sheriff. So, really? you know, it has nothing to do with the work that he's doing now, but the guy's probably in his forties. So this thing happened 30 years ago and it's still coming back only because it's getting dragged through the mud. Interesting. All right. Thanks chief for shedding light on that. Uh, Attorney Ward. Well, in light of John's comments, I need to reevaluate my thinking on this. Uh, I was very, <laughs> I, I, I was very offended by this guy and I take the prosecutor at his word that he can't prosecute. I, I think it goes, I think it involves much more than just the shooting that he had back 
back when he was 14 years old or so. Um, I, I think the governor does need to step in, and I think he, I think he needs to be removed. He's the guy who fired the union boss for being dishonest, and this guy seems fundamentally, he's done things which I, I consider to be fundamentally dishonest. Well, well, we'll continue to watch it. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, moving along, we've got about uh, four and a half minutes here, so let's go to our next one. Uh, we've got a video. It's on YouTube. The channel is called This Is Butter. A GRPD releases body cam footage of accidentally discharging his weapon uh, during a foot pursuit. <laughs> It is, it is humorous. Uh, I was kind of hoping Brett would be on the show, David, before we, uh, we covered it, but I figured you and John should be able to do a pretty good job and, uh, and maybe with the other people jumping in. So it says, uh, 13 on your side obtained body cam footage of the Grand Rapids Police Department officer Greg Bauer on the night he allegedly accidentally discharged uh, his firearm during uh, an on-foot pursuit. So Bauer had uh, has since been charged with careless discharge of a firearm resulting in property damage, which is a misdemeanor, which surprised me. So the incident happened on December the 9th, 2021, around 10.30 p.m., and there was a suspected Grand Theft Auto suspect, uh, Devon Smith. Uh, he comes out of a house. They've been, you know, kind of chasing him around. Police moved in on foot, and during the pursuit, Bauer trips on a sloped hill and allegedly it says allegedly i mean it's in the video and it admits to it he allegedly discharges firearm and he ends up striking the home no one's injured uh, but here's the dialogue when the when the exchange goes uh, when when the discharge goes down it's right at the very beginning of the video i mean like in the first second of the video and so the guy goes ah and he, and he uses the Lord's name in vain. Okay, I'm not going to do it but he says that was me that was me and so the other cop says why did you shoot bauer and he goes I tripped, you know, and that's the way it went down. It's just kind of, I know John, but it was just kind of comical the way it went down. It, it, I mean, it, look, it had, look, if everyone here has had an accidental discharge, we just didn't have body cameras back then. All right. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that for us. Look at Andrea shaking her head. I can't believe Chip just said that. I'm joking to our listeners. Okay. We haven't had accidental discharge, but uh, this was caught on video. Well, maybe except for Randy. I see Randy starting to break sweat a little bit, but, uh, but go ahead guys, jump in. I, I can't believe they charged the guy. That's what I was thinking too. Okay, he had an accidental discharge. Big freaking deal. Yeah. You gonna charge the guy criminally? Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? That's that's kind of cheesy. You, you might have had a dishonorable discharge, Chip, but accidental? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know the 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 it has happened before. It it, it happened. I was in a chase where an officer tripped over a cable. Um, and had his gun in his hand in a foot chase, which is not a good thing to do. It's, uh, you shouldn't have to do that. And he cracked a round off. Um, of course, the spectacular thing was that we had the bad guys in sight as we're chasing them. He trips, he's behind me off to the side, trips, cracks a round off, and I can't find the bad guys anymore. They've just disappeared. It's a car lot. We go slipping through the cars trying to find these guys, and there they are, prone down on the ground. <laughs> they're not moving. They're just laying there going, oh, no, hell no, they're shooting at us. And so they hit the dirt and just stopped right there, which was funny. It wasn't funny, but it was funny. Listen, cop humor, I'm sorry. Um, but you're going to charge him for that? That's that's cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. You're going to have these accidental discharges. Chief Newman? I, you know, I, Ward and I have talked about it. I was, I was at that one where – you know, sadly, there was some of that, you know, it was an accidental discharge and the guy got killed. But, you know, you, you all paused for a second and you all looked down at your gun going, was that me? You know what I mean? 
And you know, it's uh, it's you got to pay attention. Although I like the guy, it's kind of like a flag making a foul on basketball. Hey, it's on me. That one's on me. I mean, he owns up to it. But you know, there's a prime example. He's gonna get. It. There's gonna be oversight. There's gonna be discipline. It depends on what state he is. Whether there's a commission that would review that in the state of Florida, a commission would review it. So, what purpose did the criminal charges? What's the intent? He meant to shoot the house. He meant to shoot. He meant to have an accidental discharge, which is an oxymoron, right? It doesn't make sense to me. It's overkill. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Thanks, Chief. Look, another commercial break. We'll be right back. Look, let's talk radio. Yes, we are nationally syndicated on the radio. And hey, it was a Boss Hog Radio Network uh, really in the outskirts of Tampa, Florida. They gave us our big start in the terrestrial radio, which is over the airwaves. So uh, Boss Hog has four AMs and one FM station. And all in Florida, they're in Bushnell, Sumter County, uh, Lakeland, and Plant City, Winter Haven, Avon Park, and also in Sebring, Florida. So thank you so much to the Boss Hog Radio Network uh, for giving us our big break. We're also in WKUL. They have two FMs in Coleman, Alabama. We're on K-Bar. They have an AM in Burley, Idaho. The WVMG, one of our latest acquisitions in Chattanooga, Tennessee, a shout out to Sabatino. Uh, AMFM247.com, uh, their internet radio, but they also have terrestrial stations in Tampa Bay, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, Macon, Georgia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Boulder, Colorado, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Long Beach, California, the Villages in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, and also Washington, D.C. Also, threeriversbroadcasting.com, backstageradionetwork.com, and centraloregonradio.com. So thanks to all those entities. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. If there's no comments on the last one, we'll uh, move on to our next video then. This one's on YouTube as well. This is Butter. It's still the channel. So we have MCSO releases a video of a car thief being apprehended by one of my favorites, a canine. And it's, uh, it's I guess it's Dutter is the name, D-U-D-E-R. This happens on January 27th of 2022. Corporal Lucan, he gets information that a stolen vehicle is in the area and he locates the car. So Corporal Lucan attempts to perform a traffic stop. And of course, the driver, Clarence Dean Jr., he takes off. So after a short vehicle pursuit, Dean, our bad guy, he stops the car and he gets out on foot. Big mistake when you're being chased by a canine guy. So the Marion County Sheriff's Office, uh, their aviation unit, Air One, they respond and they spot Dean. He's climbing a fence onto the property of the Maplewood Elementary School. And this is a perfect example on, you know, when you're running from the cops, be cognizant of, of, of where you're where you're running because all these charges just start adding up so he's on a on a uh, on an elementary school now he's on a playground so he starts running through a portion of the land the back of the playground and he crosses over another fence on the private property so air one is up and uh, they've got video and they continue to follow Dean and they're using their loudspeaker to give him uh, verbal warnings about how he's been spotted and a canine canine unit is en route. So after several minutes of Dean crossing through multiple pieces of private property, Air One uh, directs the deputies to his location. And uh, so we have a canine deputy, uh, Rafi, I guess, and his partner, canine Dutter. They're tracking Dean's location. And then uh, canine Dutter is deployed. And so now we switch over to body cam because we get a good video of this going down. Uh, and so uh, Dean is caught by canine Dutter, taken in the custody and the uh, the video of this uh, bite action on the body cam it shows him getting the bad guy kind of right in the side as the, as the handler runs up 
dog's got a good grip, but the dog's kind of like laying down, you know, prone on the ground with his teeth into the bad guy. And as soon as the cop tries to grab the bad guy, man, the sound effects start up because he's in, he's in pain. So Dean's arrested for fleeing and eluding, habitually driving with a suspended driver's license, resisting without violence, trespassing on school grounds, and also the Ocala Police Department. They end up uh, charging him with grand theft auto. So uh, yeah, he 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 was you know he was in the worst way. Uh, comments on this video? Anybody? Ward? We got a couple the, thumbs up from David and John. Th this seemed like a good use of the dog. But the thing that struck me, and I've, I've seen this many, many times, the dogs don't seem to respond to commands to give it up. This guy had to drag the dog off this guy. <laughs> and Brett told me these dogs are trained uh, to quit biting when they're told to. But I have yet to see a video where that actually happens. Well, good, good point. Good point. I can't, you know, again, I always throw the first question was, do we have, for me, do we have compliance by the bad guy, you know, and, uh, you know, stolen vehicle, vehicle pursuit, foot pursuit. Um, so that makes me not have so much of a problem with it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, being around canines as much as I have and having sc scars on my body from canines I've worked with that, and I was never a canine handler. I just, I just know inherently, um, you know, the dog's the dogs are going to their mission in life. I mean, they get so excited and worked up, you know, I just know that. And John knows he just can't show us where he got bit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> is there uh, anybody else? This Randy, did you want to? No, I was going to tell my dog bite story, but I'm not going to anymore. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. I'm, you know, we're going to have to get this off camera, you know, Randy, because we got to find out now, you know, you've already, you know, planted the seed. So Andrea. Real quick, I think one of it is, you know, they have release commands, but a lot of times, like if you see, he's not putting his hands behind his back right away. So until they have him into custody, it's one of those, you know, do the dog doesn't always release right away. They want to get him into custody and, you know, you have to make sure that whoever is, you know, the handler is making those commands. Sometimes, you know, when you have the spotter, when you have, you know, the other officer, the backup officer, I don't think those commands are always relayed immediately, but I do think that they have those release commands and that's, that's why that's when they do release. All right. Thanks, Andrea. Appreciate and, it. And th think about it. Think about it, Ward, for a second. You, you put a, a big hamburger in front of John Newman. He takes a, he takes a bite of the hamburger. Then you tell him to stop biting the hamburger. There's going to be a delay. You're just not going to get him off that burger right away. It's going to be difficult. <laughs> um, I don't care what kind of commands you give him. So, you know, it's kind of that same way. That's the way I look at it anyways. Well, and there have been times where these guys fake it. You know, I don't know if anybody remembers we had one where, you know, we had, um, we had, you know, some guy was trying to drown the, drown one of the canine dogs in Tampa. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of times they fake it. They pretend like they're getting bit and they're not actually, there's, there's no dog bite there. So, um, I mean, that time it was a, it was a very long pursuit, long per foot pursuit. And, you know, that dog almost drowned, but you know, the, the guy kept saying he was getting bit and he wasn't, he wasn't getting bit initially. Good point. Hey, Andrea, is your family watching tonight? Do we have to be careful what we say? Heck, I don't know. They might be. They might not be. I'm not really sure. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Uh, well, uh, they don't have any, they don't have any streaming services. <laughs> what? <laughs> lot, lot of services not provided here. Uh, All I know, Chip, is I put this video in that library of videos that I watch when I'm having a bad day and I need a big smile. <laughs> I just yeah. turned this one on. I played in slow-mo like that no-knock warrant. Yeah. <laughs> Play it to a little bit of music. It's awesome. And I put it back in the little library, you know, storage vault I have and pull it back out the next time I'm feeling a little 
Sad. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Chief John, before you mute, do you like the sound effects on this video better than uh, Major Ron when, when he was getting bit? What do you think is more entertaining? Well, that, that's like nails on a chalkboard, right? It's, it's a whole different octave, a whole different pitch. It's right up there with the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the little kids that sing because they're like oh. under the age of 10 and they still have these angelic voices and they go 20 oh. octaves higher than my, Yeah, no, that that's a, such a special moment for me wow. being right there when Ron was getting bitten by that chihuahua and he screamed yes. like a 10-year-old. He screamed like a 10-year-old girl, you know, running oh. down the street, you know, chasing the ice cream truck. It was awesome. I know he still has a problem with uh, with dogs and with small dogs in with ice cream. From what I understand, it just you know cemented that and is uh, yeah. I know. All right, Chip. Thanks. I'm going to answer your question. Yes, my daughter just texted me. I, I do have family watching. So. Okay. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to upset the Cuban trifecta. So yes, yes. All right. Leave the Cubans out of it. All right. Well, moving along here. Then look, we're on a Police Tribune now. Dot com Susan Sarandon she likens cops at police funeral to fascist um, questions why uh, New York City needs them so um, Academy Award-winning actor Susan Sarandon likened the officers who gathered for the recent funeral of a murdered New York police officer to fascist and questioned whether police are even needed in New York City. Um, she shared the anti-police tweet on February 1st as thousands of citizens and law enforcement officers were attending the wake of murdered New York Police Department officer Robert Mora at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And this is reported in the New York Daily News. So uh, the retreated message uh, featured an overhead photo showing police lining Fifth Avenue outside the same cathedral last week for the funeral of Officer Moore's partner, who is 22-year-old Officer Jason Rivera. And uh, and uh, the, a quote says, I'm going to tell my kids that this is what fascism looks like. And that's what the original tweet, uh, tweet read. And Serena's tweet included a large head, headline reading, so if all these cops uh, were not needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean they're not needed any day? And uh, wow, what a, what a uh, not a class act. Comments on this, guys? Anybody? Randy? I, got, I got plenty to say on this one. She is a despicable piece of human trash. And the fact that she uh, uses her status to demean uh, the death of the law enforcement officer and the, and the um, um, many, many sacrifices that are made by law enforcement across the country. Um, she is, she's despicable. Now, she recently came out with an apology because she has been receiving so much blowback that that she didn't expect. She expected the you know the uh, the the people to support her, but she's been getting so much flack from her clearly uh, disgusting comments that now she's trying to walk it back. But her apology is not accepted. Ditto. Thank you, Lieutenant. Um, anybody else, guys, on this one? And if not, we'll go ahead and move on to our next one. Then I've got another video. And, you know, we're making really good time. So um, hopefully, hopefully we can cover quite a few of these videos that we have left. On YouTube, this is Butter again, the channel. Uh, Phoenix Police released body cam video of an alleged assault of an officer by a 13-year-old girl. Um, it it kind of comical when you listen to the sound effects on this thing. But Phoenix Police, they released this video on Tuesday of the incident. 13-year-old girl was arrested um, after assaulting this police officer. Um, the girl was arrested after she struck an officer who instructed her to stay back while police were uh, taking suspects of a car theft in the custody at an apartment complex. And it's going on about, you know, in the afternoon, about 4.30 on, on a Monday. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Grand Theft Autos in this uh, in, in 
all these stories today. So a female officer sees a girl approaching other officers uh, who had a man in custody and grabbed the teen's arm to pull her back. So uh, with the girl then proceeding to swing her arm at the officer, and uh, she ends up hitting the officer in the right side of her face. It was a female officer. So the officer responded, and this is a beautiful strike, um, striking the girl in the face with the officer's body-worn camera being knocked off during the scuffle. So a video of the incident was released by Phoenix Police in response to clips of the incident circulating in social media. And the teen ended up being booked in the Juvenile Correction Center after being evaluated for minor injuries. And um, so the interesting thing was is that, remember they said there was stuff on social media. So, um, um it, there was a, a female filming this and she's saying, I'm live, I'm live, tune in, tune in. And she just said this so many times and she's filming before this thing goes down. Once it goes down and she just was chanting, she a minor, she a minor, you know, like the cops can't, you know, can't touch her because, you know, she's a juvenile, you know. We'll be right back after this commercial break. All right. Thank you, Will. Hey, um, guys, let's talk about podcasts and TV. So, uh, yes, we are on podcasts, and we have 10 podcast platforms that we're using. We're marketed by law enforcement today. So we have an RSS feed. Uh, we're on Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, and we're on Apple Podcasts as well, which, of course, is iTunes. We're on Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and also on Spotify. So hopefully uh, you're familiar with at least one of those options if you want to listen to us via podcast. And also, um, you know, we've been on television, on a couple uh, television networks before, and on uh, Roku and on Firestick. We're being picked up by a third television network. The first two did not work out. Uh, this new one uh, is going to pick us up this first quarter of 2022. So hopefully that'll work out, get us on Roku and also on Firestick TV. So hopefully you guys will watch us on the podcast. It's a great way to watch us and safer when you're driving and listening instead of watching the videos. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. And this will be our last stint before we close the show. So we've got roughly, um, what, around a little less than 10 minutes. And thank you, Producer Will, for keeping me straight. Uh, guys, comments on the last uh, video? Ward? I'm reiterating a comment I read on this article. I didn't make this up. It was something I read, and I loved it. The guy said that it's a good thing that she did not hit the cop with a pickaxe, given that she was a minor. David liked that and John. <laughs> Anybody else on this one? Randy? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because there's been a lot of negative media about this in in uh, in Phoenix, calling for the police officer to be fired, et cetera, and so forth. And uh, this is just another one of those reactions, um, you know, on, on, you know, a couple seconds of social media where the officer is being absolutely lambasted and vilified. And this is a perfectly justifiable use of force. And the, the one 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 person um, that commented on uh, on a, a, a social media platform from the from the article called the called the, the juvenile a, a, a gigantic behemoth. And I just was I was laughing so hard that that that's exactly what this creature was. Creature. Wow. All right. Thank you, Lieutenant. John. You know, so you watch the video and you see the girl that they're talking about. First of all, the article starts out as a 13-year-old. Then we're looking for some meek and mild, you know, girl that's just a, some little small. You're thinking 13, small. You see how, how big the girl is. I mean, 
I thought I would have taken her as an adult just on the video when you see her before she goes back to have an altercation from, you know, the fight that they had just left. And then the officer goes after. Um, there's the, Here's the issue that I have, and it, it's so far, I'm really, I'm the old guy. If, if, that, if that was me when I was younger, you the cops would get called to come pick me up because my, my parents would have, they would have had my right? I mean, it would have been, there would have been some parental guidance in my from my father about, one, having the cops called, let alone a dozen cops that were out there. But the fact that everything nowadays, the cops are wrong. Where is the parental guidance here? The, the family members saying, what are you, crazy? I know I'm preaching to the choir. That sounds so unrealistic. But that's where it starts. Look how many police officers are at this scene. In spite of all that, this 13-year-old girl goes dashing to have, a, to have a beef with another fight when that girl goes, you know, tries to break it up, the police officer, and gets swung at. I mean, I, at what point where's self-control? At what point where's accountability? Those are things that bother me when I see videos like this. And Randy's right. This is getting a lot of energy on, on, on media platforms out there in Arizona. You know, so it, it's when an officer comes, does her job, and you're dealing with a, a, a person like this, it's completely unacceptable that they're not someone to take accountability, but all they want to do is point their finger at the law enforcement people. Thanks, Chief. You know, uh, Andrea, you know, she obviously was not raised by a tight-knit Latino family. <laughs> so I think just to expand on, thank you. Thank you, Chip. Okay, just to expand on what, on what John was saying. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is accountability. I think that, unfortunately, something like this that gets negative um, publicity towards law enforcement just goes ahead and tells those kids, you know what, you just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine. You can sit there. If you want to attack a police officer, it goes back to what happened to the respect of law enforcement. My children would have known at any age that you're going to respect an adult. You're going to expect law enforcement. You're going to respect a teacher. Even if they're wrong, we'll deal with it later. Just you need to have that respect. Not to mention She's not a small girl. So I always find it funny when somebody sits there and, you know, they always want to throw in those adjectives. If you take those adjectives out and you sit there and you don't know how old she is and you don't know any of that, I could have fought many, you know, teenage kids, many, many kids that were much bigger than me. And you know what? They may win that fight. I was not very, I was not very big in law enforcement. I was, you know, there were a lot of things that, you know, if I would have come in contact with somebody, it may, it may have been a completely different scene than for Dave or to, for John or Randy, you know, it would have been totally different. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times we immediately, we throw this in there that all we look at is that they're a child, that they're 13. And I think that those children need to be held accountable and they need to know responsibility. And, you know, that's, that's, that needs to be put on the forefront. Thanks, Andrea. All right. Great content guys. If there's nobody else, uh, we'll move on to our next topic then. On YouTube, this is Butters, the channel again. CMPD body camera video shows moments before police fatally shoot an armed man at a Walmart. So Charlotte uh, Mecklenburg police, they've released this body cam video from officers who shot and killed this armed guy outside a Walmart in November of 2021. They respond to the Walmart around 5.30 in the afternoon on November the 5th. There's a store security guard there that he called the police. He said that there's an armed man was at the store and would shoot officers if they responded. So once the cops get there to the scene, the man is identified as Daryl Rainey, 33 years old. He points a gun at them. Two officers fire their weapons. They hit him, and he's taken to the hospital where he dies. And uh, in the footage, it shows Officer James Longworth and 
uh, Officer Micah Edmonds. They get to the Walmart, talk to security guard, and uh, the guard points him to Rainey, and he's seen sitting in the grass. And in the video, it appears that he has a backpack in his lap. So as the officers walk towards him, and they're doing it cautiously, they can be heard asking him to show his hands uh, before they fire their weapons. And then Channel 9 uh, counted the officers firing, at, it said at least eight shots. And of course, they, uh, the bad guy ended up dying. Any, uh, any comments on that? Um, of course, it's at Walmart, so there probably should be no big shock there. But um, anybody? No, I, I tell you, for, for an open area like that, good triangulation, good communication, um, you know, kept their gun on them the whole time, trained on them. Uh, neither one of them hesitated. Um, you know, it's kind of scary. You're out there, you're, you're hanging it out there, right, Dave? You ain't got nothing yeah. protecting you except, you know, air, right? So, um, I, 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 it's tragic. I get all that. Um, but, you know, the, the guy, the good commands. After it was something, the guy that was actually uh, breaking down the video made a really good note that, you know, they were telling him, hey, we don't want you to do this. You don't want to do this. And then if you couldn't see where the gun was, Listen to how their commands changed. It went from, hey, buddy, you don't, we don't, you don't have to do this to put it down. Don't cut, you know. So the second they saw the weapon, they were articulating and they actually transitioned from, hey, we don't want to shoot you to, we're going to, you know, put it down. You know, it was a complete change in the way they were talking to him. I, I thought it was very good. It's tragic nonetheless, but I thought they did a very good job. Dave, thanks, John. Yeah, other than everything that John said that was on the mark. You know, these, these are two cops that uh, obviously had trust for one another. As he said, they triangulated out on this guy and stayed in it. They, they didn't run uh, or, or, or run away from it. They, they stayed in it and did what they had to do. And it shows that those tactics, you know, work. If you were on the ball like that, it works um, for you and for your partner. So they did a, a, a very good job in open space with no cover. Thanks, guys. And, and you know, I, I don't think we're going to have, it doesn't look like we're going to have time to cover the video at, at the pharmaceutical place where the guy, bad guy takes the hostage and you've got five cops there and the guy with the tasers like, like within like inches from him and he ends up getting stabbed. Um, um, I'll tell you what. Oh, no, um, you got to get that one in. Are you kidding uh, me? Yeah. We'll show the video, the, the, but go ahead, and, go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead. We got a minute and a half. The, the, keystone, the keystone cops? Yeah. You have a guy with a carbine. And who's got who's the point? The guy with the taser. And he ain't got a little knife. He's got honey. It's time for steak knife. You know what I mean? And I'm like, shoot this guy. And then when they all begin to show up, I go, you can shoot him now. You can shoot him now. You can shoot him. There was a list of people that could have shot that guy. That was horrible. It, yeah. Outside New Jersey. Up dead, they all should get sued. Kingsburg well, police outside New Jersey at the Kingsburg Pharmacy. Yeah, the, the, the problem was like like you john i was watching this going what and then i looked up the the keensburg police department and there are a total of i think uh 20 something sworn uh individuals there most of them detectives and sergeants and stuff like that a few patrol stuff thrown in so it's one of those little agencies that probably they you know minimal minimal training minimal experience overall i don't know what they were doing uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was quite the keystone. And the the guy with the taser then launches himself at the guy in an attempt to do what I'm not sure and gets stabbed in the process. Not sure where his head was in this whole situation. And I'm not even sure who shot the guy. I watched the video a couple of times. I couldn't tell if the guy with the rifle actually got involved or if he was just kind of standing there for looks.
it was it was yeah tragic um i'm glad that the pharmacist didn't get injured in all this but yeah what a mess hey a shout out to our sponsors galls guardian alliance technologies gunlearn.com mymedicare.live and tac-tote.com thanks so much guys uh for helping make this happen and to our listening audience and to mbs michael for supporting the show hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week